morning, everybody in the house, man. God's up to something. I don't, he's always doing something. He's doing something in here. Amen. Anybody want to say amen to that? Something's going on in here today. And I'm just saying, if you're out there, I want to say hello to all of you. If you haven't made it in here, I'm telling something, God, God's doing something in here. I was moving back there in worship and I just think the Holy Spirit is moving in this place. I felt him and I, I think God's gonna do something today. I really do. And so I just wanna keep that going uh, as we continue to worship him today in the house. All of you who made it here, I'm telling you, I heard the worship. I just feel like there's somebody shouting to the Lord today and I'm just glad to be a part of it uh, with all of you because man, God could do a lot, a lot of things with us if we let him and that's the whole point getting in here together and, and worshiping him and celebrating Jesus. Amen, everybody. Come on. Yes, I love it. Yeah, come on, man. This is great. Hey, if you're joining us, my name's Andy. I'm always this excited, okay? So, because uh, I just love what God does with our church. And, and we're in the middle of a series called Set Free. Uh, and what we're doing is, is we're taking what Jesus actually said to us and we're exploring that together. And if you're new here, here's what we're looking at. We're looking at John 8 and John 10. We're gonna get right to it. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus told a bunch of people who already believed in him. He said, hey, listen, if you abide in me, uh, then you'll be my disciples and then you will know the truth. Me, he's saying me, uh, and the truth, Jesus will set you free. And then a few chapters later, if we wanna know what that means and what it looks like, he said, listen, I've come that you might have life and not just life, but life to the full. Have it abundantly while you're here on this earth. And so Jesus is saying something to us as believers in him. He's saying as believers, there is freedom. There is freedom, it's here, it comes. But what we're, what we're finding out is there is a process, process by which, which you will be set free. You are not automatically set free as a Christian, but there are some things that happen as a result of believing in Jesus and we wanna go after to be set free. And why you wanna do that, everybody, it's a choice you make, but why you wanna make that choice is from what he said. He says, because then you'll find life and you'll have it abundantly. You'll have life to the full. And so we're just looking uh, in this five weeks at a process by, by finding freedom and living it out. And then one of the things that we're gonna do at the end of this series is we're gonna have a big baptism service to celebrate the freedom that I think a lot of you are actually gonna find as a result of this series. And for some of you who have actually experienced freedom, but you've never been baptized, let's get that fixed. All right, let's, let's do it. And I'm just saying on that week, uh, just bring some trunks and a towel, okay, let's do it. And I already said, I'm preparing like three messages, one five minutes, one 15 and one 30. All right, like I want the five minute version, okay? So that we baptize that many people. I wanna remove as many barriers as possible for you to experience the freedom that Jesus brings. And as a Christian, as a follower of him, baptism is the first step of obedience. So mark that on your calendar. Tell your folks to come, bring people, bring some towels and your trunks. We'll get more information about that uh, as we go. But man, I just can't wait for October 16th. You can sign up that way uh, and we'll get you going. All right. Let's get to it, let's get to it. All right, if you have your Bibles, we gotta get right to it. Go to Galatians chapter five. We're gonna be in the book of Galatians and uh, we're gonna be, so we're gonna look at something really simple today, but I'm gonna warn you, we are going to be in a lot of scripture, all right? So I don't have a lot of time uh, to mess around. So get to Galatians five. We're pretty much gonna cover the whole chapter today. I think we could do it. Uh, and so we're gonna look here and this is really great to start today because Paul uh, in here, he's actually gonna talk about freedom. And not only that, he's gonna talk about how we actually keep freedom, all right? So Galatians 5, hopefully you made your way there. I love hearing the Bibles flip around, that's great. Uh, you're bringing your Bibles, get your electronics out if you wanna follow along that way. I'm in the NLT, uh, New Living Translation. So let's see what Paul says here in verse one in Galatians chapter five. He says, all right, so Christ has truly set us free. Now, 
Make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Slavery to the law. So here, right here, gang, this is the gospel. This right here is the good news of Jesus Christ because what Paul is talking about is he said, there's a burden that comes with something. There, there's a slavery that happens and it's weird because the slavery he's actually talking about isn't so much like the things we think about. He's saying it's the law, it's the rules. It's the do this and don't do that. And so what's, what he's saying is there's a burden of the law, which is this. This is the burden that a lot of people go through. Trying to do everything right. I'm gonna go, just gonna try to do everything right. So, and I'm gonna tell you something. A lot of people get messed up with what Christianity is. A lot of people get messed up with this because we believe, a lot of people believe that the only way that God will be okay with me, the only way that he'll be all right with me is if I do everything right. And so then if that becomes my goal, just that, I just wanna be good, do everything right, then what that becomes in our life is just behavior modification. All right, I'm just gonna be a better version of me and I think that's what, what God really wants. And he's saying, here's what he said, that's not gonna set you free. You just read it. He's like, that will not set you free. It's actually gonna tie you up if you do that. So we're gonna keep reading because Paul's gonna explain uh, and help us understand why the law actually ties us up. So let's keep reading. He goes, listen, I love that. Listen up. I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses, all right? So what's this about? What's the circumcision about? What, let's, let's talk about this. So being circumcised was a, a rule that you had to follow uh, as, a, as a Jewish man. You had to follow this rule as being a part of God that you had to be circumcised. Uh, but here's what Paul is saying about this thing. He's saying, if that's what your effort to God is all about though, it's just like, well, I gotta be circumcised, then, or, or let's fill in the blanks with our own thing. Being a good person, that's, that's what I, I'm gonna go after. Just That's what he wants, I'm gonna be a good person. Hey, doing good, I'm not gonna cuss anymore and all that, being circumcised, all that is great. Circumcision's weird, but all that other stuff's really good, right? I don't, you can make your own mind up about circumcision. But if that's your goal, he's saying, listen, you're going down, this is really important, you're going down the wrong path. If those things are your goal, that's the wrong path. And then he says, man, if you wanna do that, go ahead. Go, if you wanna live by the law, go ahead. Here's what he says, and good luck. Because if you wanna do that, you have to be A, perfect at it, perfect at it, and B, you have to be perfect at over 600 commandments. He goes, if you wanna do it all, if you wanna do it, you gotta do it all, okay? And he goes, and then he says, and just make sure, make sure if you do that, don't call it Christianity. Call it religion, because that's what religion is, and that's what religion will point to you. Now, he gets stronger in his words. Let's keep reading, verse four. He gets real strong, he goes, so if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, then you've been cut off from Christ. You've fallen away from God's grace. And so what he's trying to say is he's saying, that's not freedom. Living by the law, living that way, you are not gonna find freedom that Jesus wants you to have. In fact, he's saying you're gonna have the actual opposite. You are gonna be bound up by that. But, but I'm gonna tell you this, this is really important for a lot of you today is I really think God's gonna do something today to somebody because it doesn't stop people. This doesn't even stop people from thinking that that's what God wants. He wants my conformity. Can I tell you something? He doesn't want your conformity. He wants your heart. 
And it's a big difference. And we're gonna talk about that today. So Paul's really clear here. I wanna make sure that we're clear. You are in Christ set free from the law. That's what he says. I'm not making that up. He said that. You are set free from the law. Okay, but what about the rules? Come on, Andy. Like, come on. Like, so is this just saying we can live, if we're in Christ, we can live however we want? Is that what he's saying? All right, let's drop down. We're gonna keep reading. Uh, we're gonna go down to verse 13. All right, drop down to verse 13. Uh, this is gonna help us see what he means, okay? So he goes, all right. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but here we go. But, but, don't use that freedom to satisfy your sinful desire. Instead, here's what we're gonna do. Use your freedom to serve one another in love. Okay, so again, just recap. Paul says, in Christ, you're free from the law. But now he's saying, all right, now, but if you are in fact in Christ, if you have been saved, then here's what's gonna happen. You're not just gonna live any way you want. You're, you're not gonna do that. Can't, it's not gonna happen that way because you're gonna live for Jesus. That's what he's saying. If you've been saved, you're just gonna end up living for Jesus. You can't do both uh, if you wanna be free. You can't live your, the way you want and live for Jesus at the same time. And here's what we're doing today. This is the series about. So freedom in Christ only goes one direction and it's not in the direction of satisfying my desires. It's like, I wanna satisfy God's desires. That's the direction that freedom goes if in fact we want to be free and experience the freedom that Jesus wants us to have. Okay, and so then drop down to verse 19. If we wanna know the list, there's a list of sinful desires. If you wanna know them, drop down to verse 19. So here's what he said. Now, I don't think this list, by the way, is, uh, I think it's just a representation. It's not exhaustive. I don't think he's trying to say this is it, but he's trying to give us examples of what it is so we know what he's talking about with the sinful desire. So he says, when you follow, verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Here we go. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, so, Keep this up here. So what he's saying to you, again, this is on the table for everybody who's in Christ, all right? If you want to have freedom, again, it's a process that not everybody in Christ has the freedom, but he's saying, if you wanna have freedom, this will keep you off that list. This, is good. this list is gonna keep you off of it. So you can look at a list and say, if you're going through any of this, you're not gonna have the freedom that Jesus wants you to bring. He said, you can just look. Just look and see, because it's really clear. The results are very clear. And so he's saying it'll keep you from it. And this list, here's the thing. This list right here, gang, what we're gonna talk about, this comes from the choices you make. Every single Christian faces a decision with this list. Every single one of us has a decision that we face with that list. And that's what I wanna talk about today. I wanna talk about with our freedom in Christ today, the major role that our choices bring in with the freedom that we want to have, okay? So again, if you haven't been here, we've been on this journey. We've been talking about what freedom looks like, this process so that we can live by it and experience what Jesus wants us to have. And a few weeks ago, we started off by saying, if you wanna make a major leap, like you gotta do one thing. It's a major, major leap. It's a pretty big leap right away is this, by realizing just who you are. That that's the first step is, because here's what's true. There are in Christ, if you are in Christ, there are truths about you. 
There are things that God says about you, okay? And if you just believe what God says about you, then you're making a huge leap in the freedom process right away. But here's the thing, just because something's true of you doesn't mean you believe it. And what we said is you actually live what you believe. You live out what you believe, but that's a huge step right there, just believing what God says about you. You unpack that, we unpacked that a few weeks ago. And then last week with Freedom, we talked about Satan, that he is real, that he is a real enemy. And what he does is he lies to you and he tries to convince you that you don't have those truths in you. And he's like, yeah, but you're not, you're not a new creation. Look at what you did. He lies all the time. And so what we talked about last week was the battle of your mind the battle of your mind with the lies that the enemy brings and and how we can combat the enemy. If you missed last week, I'm telling you, catch that, go online, catch that last week. And today we're gonna continue this talking about our choices. We're gonna talk about our choices that our freedom in Christ will really come down to the choices that we make. And here's how I wanna look at this. If you have your notes, grab those, get those out. I wanna look at this uh, through something that I kinda call doors. We're gonna look at these doors of our lives. And and I wanna look at this because I think it'll help us see. There are doors we wanna open and there are doors we have to shut and keep them closed, all right? There are doors in our lives that we have to shut and keep them closed in order to experience the freedom that Jesus brings, okay? So we're gonna describe these doors today. We're gonna look at these doors, if if you have your notes out there, and we're gonna jump into a place. We're gonna come back to Galatians 5. Mark mark your place in Galatians 5 and go to the book of 1 John, okay? 1 John, not John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, but 1 John, which is really far back, close to Revelation. We're gonna go to 1 John chapter two and, and take a look at these doors. And man, I hope this hits you like it hit me as I was preparing for this message. Here's what we're gonna see. This is really neat. I hope that it's neat for you. You're gonna see a pattern of these same three doors everywhere in the Bible. It's wild once you start to see it. There is a pattern of these doors and it's crazy once you see it and it's so simple and it's gonna really help us everybody. All right, so 1 John, 1 John, we're gonna be in chapter two, all right? And we're gonna pick this up in verse 15, all right? Hopefully you made your way there. So here's what John says to us about the freedom that we have and and the doors we wanna shut. He goes, all right, don't love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, here we go, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires, and here's why you don't wanna go after those three things. He said, and he tells you, because they will pass away. They will go away. But if you stick with God, if you do God's will, if you wanna please him and his desires, those will last forever. They will last forever. So, so this right here, gang, is the journey we wanna be on. This is the journey that we wanna go. And so now what we wanna do, if we wanna, we wanna learn about these doors. We wanna learn uh, how to shut these doors so we can live in freedom. So let's expose the doors today. Uh, they're right there for us. We're gonna break these down really quick. So if you're taking notes, here's the first door that's exposed, which is the lust of the flesh. And what that is, is our appetites, all right? It's our appetites. It's that thing in you that, that wants to be happy. It's, that, that, it's almost like that, that body, like your body wants to be happy and so you wanna satisfy that. And, and here's what this does uh, as a door that keeps us from freedom. What it does is it puts your feelings in front of everything else. It puts your feelings in front of everything else. And can I just say this? I will say this. Uh, sometimes your feelings are not the best gauge for your life. 
Can I get an amen on that? Come on. Like your feelings are not the best gauge uh, in your life because here's what your feelings did for you, all right? Your feelings are what caused you to, to, to just watch one more episode that turned into 10 more episodes and now you're dead tired today. All right, that's what your feelings did and you know it. Your feelings, your feelings are what sent that one text. It, it, you know what, I, it's that one text, a little passive aggressive. You know what I'm talking about. I don't wanna get too far into your bedroom on that, but you know what I'm talking about. Your feelings, your feelings are what opens the fridge at two o'clock in the morning and you know nothing good happens after midnight, everybody. That's what your feelings do. We need a better gauge. We need a better gauge than our feelings, okay? Um, so our appetites become a problem. Everybody has them, but our appetites become a problem. Here it is. When your happiness is your goal, when your happiness is your goal, because when that's the goal, here's what happens, whether you believe it or not. Then whatever makes me happy must be good. That's not true, it's a lie, it's not true. So that's the first door that we need to shut. Here's the second door that he says is the lust of the eyes. So we have the lust of the flesh and we have the lust of the eyes, which is possessions, possessions. Here's what this one is. I see it, I want it, and I want all of it, and I want it now. That's what it is, it's the, it's the lust of the eyes, I, I see it, I want it, and I want all of it. We live in a generation, this is our culture to a T, because we live in a generation that just values debt. Love it, love debt. And, and I'm not saying that all debt is bad, I'm not saying that at all, uh, but I do think we get a place with it where a lot of things we do, uh, you do it not out of need, it's out of greed. It's out of greed, and, and it's this, I want more, and I don't know how to save for it, but I'm gonna get it anyways. And, and that's a culture that, that we live in. And here's the deal. And, and honestly, some of you know this because you've experienced it. Some of you won't believe me, but you'll get there. Trust me, you'll get more house. One day you'll get it. You'll get that truck. You'll get that, you'll get that whatever it is that you wanna fill in the blank. And initially you're gonna get there. Oh man, it's finally did it. It finally got me there. But it didn't. It didn't do it for you. It didn't do it at all. And then the thought is, well, then it's probably uh, that thing over there. And then you just set a new course for that thing and more of that. That's what happened. It's the, it's the lust of the eyes. It's, it's, the, it's the lust of the eyes. Here's, that's the second door. Here's the third door that, that John brings up. It's the pride of life. And that is ego, ego. This is how I think of myself. Right? This is how I think of myself. And when this door is open, the goal uh, is to keep elevating me, me. Like, so the more I elevate like my personal milestones, the more that I do for me, the more that I keep elevating my human achievement, then I'll be looked at this way. Then they'll respect me. Then they'll see what I'm all about when I get those initials and all that stuff, right? Man, this is pride, this is pride. When you, read about, when you read about pride in the Bible, I'm telling you what, man, there, God has something to say about pride. In fact, there are only seven things, this is how much of a bugaboo this is for God, right? There are seven things in the whole Bible that God says he hates, okay? And he hates pride. He says, I hate pride. He hates it, that's strong word. I mean, I feel weird saying that up here, okay? Like my daughter Roxy would like hit me if I say, I'm not allowed to say hate in my house. Like that's how strong of a word. If you ever come over, keep that in your glove box. All right, she'll call you out right now, okay? I'm telling you, she, she don't mess around, all right? That's a strong word, isn't it? Think about that. I want you to think about this. What do you hate? What do you really hate? I'll tell you what I hate. I hate the Steelers. Boom, I just said it. <laughs> Deal with it. Come on, Carol, can I get an amen? 
I hate, I hate, I hate, I really do. I hate social media. I literally hate it. I don't get it. I can't stand it. You won't find me on it. Okay, I just, I don't get it. I, I hate it. But those are not serious, right? Those are not serious things. But there are serious things that we hate, right? I hate child abuse, right? I hate animal neglect. I hate racism. Like these are things uh, that, what do you hate? What do you hate? God says, I hate pride. I hate it. In fact, here's what he says will happen if you have pride. He goes, I will oppose you. That's what he says, I will oppose. Now, just a little, write this in the margin uh, somewhere. Uh, I don't want God opposing me, all right? There's a little uh, nugget for you for the day, all right? Don't, you don't want God opposing you. Man, you want God's grace. You want God's grace uh, in your life, okay? So, the, so these are the doors. These are the doors that keep us from free. These are the doors, though, of our choices. That's what I want us to see. Every single one of us face these doors. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. And here it is. It's these temptations to feel, to have, and to be. To feel, to have, and to be. And there is a pattern. I want to, I want to take this really quick. There's a pattern of these all over the Bible. In fact, if you go to the very beginning of the Bible, you're gonna see these three doors. It's wild. I'm gonna go there really quick. You don't have to jump there in your Bibles. I want you to read this. This is Genesis three, all right, with Adam and Eve. Check this out. It says in verse six, it says, all right, now when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and as desirable for gaining wisdom, she took it and ate it, and then she also gave some to her husband. Right here it is, gang. So let's look at this, break it down. So good for food. Right, that's lust of the flesh, man. It's gonna satisfy my body. Uh, uh, it's pleasing to the eye, pleasing to the eye. Man, if I, I see it, I want it. God said I shouldn't eat it, I want it. I want it anyways, isn't this wild? Third one, desirable for gaining wisdom. What does Satan say? He goes, hey, if you eat this, you're gonna be just like God. Oh man, I'd be like God, look at me. Isn't that wild? You see it all over the Bible. In fact, the next time you see it, you see it with Jesus when he gets tempted. It's those three things. So Jesus goes in the wilderness for 40 days, right? 40 days. And then we see this in Luke 4. We're not gonna go there, but just write that down, Luke 4, and you can read it for yourself. And then Satan meets him at the end of his fast, at the end of, of, of him going on this journey. And the first thing Satan says is, hey, turn those rocks into uh, food. You must be hungry. Hey, God wants you to be satisfied there. Why don't you do that? Lust of the flesh. And then after that, and Jesus said, no, I'm not gonna do it. And after that, he takes him up to this place and he goes, here's all the kingdoms. Look at all these kingdoms, Jesus. Now, here's what he says. If you just worship me, you can have all of it. You can have all of it. That's the lust of the eyes. That, hey man, you can have all of it. And then he says, no, I'm not gonna do that. So then after that, he goes, okay, well, how about this, Jesus? Hey, if you are the son of God, if you're the son of God, throw yourself off the cliff. Prove it. And then the angels will pick you up. And, and then you can say, look at who I really am. Look at me. That's wild in a pride of life. It's amazing when you see it. And then in the Old Testament, really quick, uh, the people of the Old Testament went through the same three things. We went through this in the book of Judges a little bit in the summer with you, if you were with us. But when they turned away from God, what they did was they started worshiping other gods and other idols. And the main three, the main three are this, Mammon, who is the God of possessions, Baal, which is the God of power, and then Asherah, the God of pleasure. Those are the three main things. These three doors are everywhere. They're consistent. It's the same. It's always these three doors, all right? So here's, here's the good news. This is actually really good news. If you wanna get on this journey and if you wanna experience the freedom that Jesus wants and be set free, these three doors will always be the stumbling blocks. Always. You don't have to wonder about them anymore. Those will be it. You're gonna go through one, two, or three of them at all times in your faith. They're always gonna be coming at you, okay? So those are the doors. Now, Let's look at how we shut them. 
So we're calling this slamming doors because I want to shut these doors and keep them shut. So if you're taking notes, we're going to look at three ways uh, that we combat these temptations because they really are temptations uh, and then keep walking in the freedom that we have with Jesus. So go back to Galatians 5. We're going to finish this out because Paul says something really important to us uh, in Galatians 5. So we're go back there really quick and that's where we're going to find the first one, okay? And we're gonna be in verse 16. Because uh, now remember, Paul just got done by saying, if you're free, then you're free from the law, right? But don't use that freedom uh, to satisfy your sinful desires, okay? But you wanna do something else. So we're gonna pick this up in verse 16. So here's what he says. He's like, here's how you do it. He goes, so I say, I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. That's what he says. So it, the first thing uh, that we need to do with our choices is this. If you're taking notes that I've got to step with the Holy Spirit. I've got a step with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is it, gang. This is it. This is like everything Paul is talking about for the last, you know, 15 verses is where he's saying, this is how you do this. This is what you do in this one sentence. If you really wanna be free, if you really wanna live like God wants you to live and prove that Jesus really changed you from the inside out, I say, follow the rules. That's not what he said. Hey, I say, be really good. Be a good, good person. That's not what he says. Unfortunately, a lot of people still believe that. He goes, no, 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 I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Is that what he really said? Yeah. So he says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit, we keep going here, let's break this down. He he keeps going. I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then, this is what will happen. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves if you just do this. The sinful nature wants you to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And so here's some good news. This is really good news. If you are in fact in Christ, you know, and I'm just talking to Christians today. Some of you here might not be there yet and that's okay. So I'm just talking to Christians. If you are in Christ, which means you have a saving faith in Jesus Christ, okay? If that's where you are, then here's what happens. The Holy Spirit resides in you. He lives in you. And here's really good news. He wants to do something for you. He really does. He wants to do something in you. He wants to come and help. Help what, Andy? What's he want to help me? He wants to help you do some amazing things. Drop down to verse 22. This is what he wants to help you have. It's awesome. So verse 22, here's what he says. The Holy Spirit will help you find this. He will help you find in our lives love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law, no law against these things. This is what will happen. This will be produced in you if you just let the Holy Spirit lead. Keep this up here. I don't care where you're at with Jesus. I do, actually I do. I do care where you're at with Jesus. I I do, but all I'm saying is it doesn't matter because I don't think there's a person alive that wouldn't want this in your life. Tell me who wouldn't want love, peace. I mean, who, who wouldn't want joy? Who, who wouldn't want all of these things in your life? This is a list that I think anyone wants. And for me, this is why I have it. We have it in our dining room. We have it hanging in our dining room because for me, I'm like, I want that. How do I get that? What do I do to get on that list? I don't want the other list. I want that list. And this is so important. Come with me. This is where we're gonna finish this out in a second. Paul says, well, you can't get there by following the rules. That's what he said, you catching that? You can't get there by following the rules because here, if you do, you're just gonna have pride and you're gonna be like Pharisees. You're gonna think you're better than everybody. That gets you off the list because pride's not on there. And he says, you can't do it by just living on your own morals. You're not good enough. 
Your morals aren't good enough and you end up going after the desires of your sinful nature. So, all right, so don't follow the law. Don't go off my own morals. What do I do? And Paul says, this is what you're left with and this is the best thing. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. That's what he says. Not the law, not on your own. It's the Holy Spirit who will get you there. And here's how you do this, gang. It's really hard to explain, I'm telling you, but it's really simple. Here's what it comes down to. Are you ready? A decision, a decision. The first thing you need to do is you need to decide. You have to decide what list you wanna be on. And Paul is saying, look at the lists. Look at the lists. It's the fruit of the spirit or the fruit of those doors. And and decide which one you want. And then what he says is walk accordingly. That's what he says, walk accordingly. And then here's what happens. And I'm telling you, it's true with so many people in this room. When you let the Holy Spirit guide your life, it's amazing. There's no more need for the law. That's what he's saying. Because what's gonna happen is you won't need the rules. You'll just live right as a result because the Holy Spirit's never gonna say, hey, join that orgy over there. He's never gonna do that. That was a weird example. But he's saying like, I'm not going to do that. He'll never do it. That wasn't in my notes. Uh, Dang it. Okay. But... Chad's up here next week. Obedience to God. Thanks for coming back, Chad. It is such, it's a beauty. Here's why it's such a beautiful thing. This is the difference. Obedience to God then becomes a beautiful thing. Listen, because it's out of gratitude and not servitude, everybody. Come on. It's out of gratitude for what he did for me, not servitude. I gotta do this, not do that. Do you see the difference? Are you seeing this? It's what Paul's saying. So that's the first thing. I gotta let the Holy Spirit lead me. I got five minutes. Okay, second thing, stretch my generosity. Stretch my generosity. This combats the lust of the eyes. Generosity absolutely combats the lust of the eyes. Now, here's what I'm gonna assume really quick. If you are a Christian, I'm gonna assume, I'm not gonna teach you this. I'm assuming you're generous already. You know what? Honestly, it's not a great assumption to make because statistics don't tell us that. But I'm just gonna tell you, I'm already gonna assume you're generous in some way because you know the value uh, of what Jesus did for you. And so I'm just gonna go with this right away, okay? So here's what I wanna say. Uh, for folks who call River Ridge Church our home, uh, I'm assuming you're already practicing generosity in some way. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to challenge it some way. Stretch it, stretch it, right? Just stretch your generosity wherever it is now. Don't be on the line with it. Keep going, like stretch your generosity. Uh, go farther, go farther. Now, two big ways that actually we could do it, like, applicable today, okay? Two big ways uh, that, that all of you could do and then some of you do. One, the, the one way that I want you to do is, is just pray for our Foster West Virginia. Now, here's what I mean, gang. Commit to it. Everybody's gonna get one of these cards and it tells you how to pray. Don't just say, I'll pray or I'll think about it. Look on the back of this card. Here's what I want you to do. This is what generosity does with your time and your, and your talents and your resources. This thing, I am gonna be generous with my time and every day I'm gonna sit down with this card and I'm gonna specifically pray through. That's a sacrifice of your time. That's generosity with your time. Every one of you can make a commitment to pray. Just stretch your generosity. Pray for these things. Make a commitment. Do it for seven days in a row and see what happens, all right? Pray for this, because I do believe we need that prayer for this. Our foster families need that prayer. The parents need that prayer. The kids need that prayer. Come on, amen, everybody. Let's pray. Be generous with your prayer. Here's a second one. Serve. Serve. Now I want to talk about this for, for a quick second, okay? This is specific, but anybody could do this, okay? So here's what's been going on over the last couple of months here. It's been actually really great. If you've noticed, we've been growing. Look around. Like, we've been growing. We are almost back to pre, actually, we, we've surpassed it once already to pre COVID numbers. That's awesome. That's great. I love that, right? 
But uh, here's what ended up happening a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, we actually had to shut down one of our, our pre-K rooms. Not because we didn't have enough kids. It's because we didn't have enough parents and adults saying, I love this, I'm gonna be a part of this, I'm gonna serve here. We had to turn families away, gang, from the ministry we love, from the family ministry that we love. And so what we did was, here's what we did for a lot, all you parents know what I'm talking about if you have a, a kid in, in K through third grade. We gave every parent a card that said, hey, we need help. And here's how many responses we got. Zero. Zero. And now, gang, I don't, I'm not doing this to guilt you. But man, if, you, if you're here, we really do need help. We need, I think a lot of times in a big church, you go, ah, they got it. We don't got it. You know why? Because the church is you. You are the church. We can't be doing this. We gotta be doing this. And so I just wanna say right now, we have 20 spots, 20 opportunities in pre-K and first through third grade. That, that we need people who raise your hand and say, yes, I love Jesus. Yes, I love what this church is doing. Yes, I love what this is doing for my kids. I'm gonna be a part of this. I don't want any families to be turned away. I'm gonna say yes to this, okay? And again, this is not out of guilt. If you do it out of guilt, you'll stop. Don't do it out of guilt. Do it as an opportunity to grow your generosity and say, yes, Brittany is gonna be right out there at the end of service. Go talk to her if you're a parent. Even if you're not and you're like, I'm not serving, sign up to serve, shadow, just see what it's all about. It's an amazing ministry. It's way easier than they have you set up for success. Trust me, serve there, okay? Grab a connect card, say I wanna serve. Talk to Brittany out there after service, okay? We've got 20 spots. Let's get it filled up today, amen? Let's get it filled up today, okay? Let's serve, all right? Here's the third one, here's the third one. Stay humble, stay humble. So that one combats the pride of life, right? That one combats the pride of life. So the Bible points to humility being the key to kill pride over and over and over again. What's humility? Here's what humility is. Humility uh, is seeing me uh, in my position versus God and his perfection. Does that make sense? Like th that's what humility does. Like the second I see God for who he is, it'll immediately humble me for who I am. Does that make sense? Like that's, that's really what humility is. Uh, and I think a lot of us though, here's what a lot of us do. And I don't think you, we're catching, I think a lot of Christians when you don't live out of humility, here's what you're actually kind of saying. You're saying, I think I'm stronger than God. I think I'm better than, I think I'm more powerful and, uh, than him and uh, humility is kind of weak and so I don't wanna do that. But that, that, that's what a lot of people actually do. But humility, listen to me, humility is not weakness or a lack of confidence at all. Here's what humility is. It's actually just putting your confidence in the right thing, which ain't you because God's better, stronger, bigger than you. Does that make sense? Like that's what humility is. Here's what Revelation 3 says about it. I love this, this is what it says. Here's another door, here's another door. It's, found, it's amazing what, I, what, what God showed me here. It says, hey, listen, what God opens, no one can shut. Once he opens a man, he, he, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Let's slam those doors. Let's slam those doors on, on the things we don't wanna see happen. I know your deeds, says God. I know your deeds. See, I, I, I place before you an open door, an open door that no one can shut. I know you have little strength. I know you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. This is the door we need to be opening. This is, gang, this is the door of freedom. This is the door that many have not opened yet. And you say you're in Christ. And I, all I'm saying is like, you can live however you want, but like salvation is there. But I'm telling you, he's like, there's freedom to be had. And it's the door that you walk through, which is mine. And God says, man, here's the door you need. Here's the door you want. It's the freedom you're looking for. And he says, I know, here's what I love about the humility part. He goes, do you see it? He goes, I know that you have little strength. You have little, I see that you've humbled yourself. That's what he's saying. You've humbled yourself. And I see you've kept my word. 
You've not denied my name. Like you're not ashamed of me. And that's when God's door really opens up in our lives. That's, that's where we wanna be, guys, in the choices that we make. And you need to listen, like, you know, I do think this thing will be done. I think some people, I think some people wonder, I really do, and I've talked to a lot of you, like, why is all this stuff happening in my life? And man, well, this one thing isn't going the way that I want it to go. And here's what I'm gonna tell you, more often than not, I'm just gonna tell you, it's because you got some doors open that should be slammed shut in the name of Jesus Christ. And it might not be directly doing, but I'm telling you, it's impacting what's happening in your life. I believe it. It's what's happening. We gotta slam those doors. And that's why we've been talking about these identities. That's why we've been talking about the freedom that, that Jesus is talking about. God doesn't want you to have these strongholds in your life. He wants you to slam the door so you can have the freedom that he wants you to have. And stop letting that stuff hold you down and hold you back so you can be walking with him. That's where he wants you to be. And it comes down to the choices that we make. So keep checking in, keep coming back. I really do believe that God's gonna free some of us up here. All right, come to our night of worship next Sunday. We're gonna talk a little bit differently about it. Uh, you know, I think God's gonna give us a word there on our night of worship next Sunday uh, at 6.30, and I think it'll be a meaningful time. All right, let's pray. Father, I, I, I believe for me, when I looked at this, this is a courageous prayer, prayer for me. Uh, I wanna have the courage to step into some of this stuff. I pray that over every man and woman here this morning, that, that we have the courage to step into your door, live according to what you say, not out of servitude, out of gratitude for what you've done for us uh, and see how you made us, how much you love us and, and, and that, that this is all out of a response, this obedience that, you, uh, that we were looking at is out of a response to what Jesus did for us and that changes everything. Being in Christ changes everything. Now, as we're praying, I just feel like I wanna give an opportunity because there is one more door that I didn't really mention. I wanna I want to talk to some of you this morning because the door uh, that I didn't mention is the, is some of you need. It's the door you need to open. It's the door of Jesus. In the book of John, here's what Jesus said. If, if you're praying here, Jesus said, I am the door. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, you will be saved. And then what he says, you can have pasture. You can come in and out and have pasture with God. That's what Jesus is. That's, that's what he says to you. Some of you in here have not made the decision yet uh, to experience the freedom it brings because you haven't made a decision to be saved by what Jesus did for you. You need to give your life to Jesus. That's where freedom starts. Some of you need to start with Jesus. You can't get free until you start with him. And so there is a mark, there is a moment in every single one of us who is in Christ where we come to a place where we just, we, we know there's a creator God and we ain't it. And we know that then if there is a creator who, who's that powerful, then there's something wrong with me that I can't get, uh, you know, perfect. And, and so that breaks something between me and God. We get to that moment. And then when Jesus came, he came uh, to die on the cross. And what that did was that paid for my debt, that paid for what's not right. That, that it can make me right with God. And when he came back from the dead, it proved that he is the one and only true God who came to be who he said he was and that he proved he's God. And so if you place your faith in him, if you give your whole life to Jesus and what he did, then you can have eternal life, you can have forgiveness of your sins and you can have freedom and you can make that decision right now. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to come forward. Salvation can be had right now in the seat. The Holy Spirit, I believe Jesus is knocking. He is knocking for some of you. And he's saying, I'm standing at the door. I'm knocking, just open it up. Just open up and let me in. And, and I will promise you this. I will, I will give you eternal life. I will give you forgiveness for your sins. I will give you a fellowship with your heavenly father who made you. That's a pretty good deal. And so if you want to experience that, you could just pray this prayer where you are. You could go, God, I finally accept who I am. 
that I am a sinner. I can't fix that on my own. I believe in Jesus that he came to fix me because he died for me and he paid the price for me. And that was once and for all. That's all in for what he did. So I'm all in with my life. I commit my life to you. Forgive me. I surrender to you today. And for anybody who prayed that prayer, we'd love to talk to you. We'd love to get you in the next step into baptism. God, now for all of us, thank you for what you've just done. I wanna welcome anybody and everybody into the kingdom who just prayed that prayer. I'm so grateful for what you did there. We love you and pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hey, let's just praise God real quick for anybody who prayed that prayer. I just believe something happened right there. Come on. We are so glad that you did that. We are so glad you did that. Hey, I'll be down here. Come talk to me if you did pray that prayer. Grab a connect card, say I prayed the prayer and we'll get you the next step, all right? For everybody else, go talk to Brittany, get a prayer card. We'll see you next week.
Michael, and I'm going to help you discover what's happening around the ridge.